How will Denver Broncos' new tight end, Adam Troutman, impact the Broncos' offense? He reunites with Sean Payton, but what does it mean with the other tight ends in the position room going into training camp? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Special shout out to all the everydayers who listen Monday through Friday. We appreciate you so much. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Lockdown today to get 10% off your first month. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He is the site expert over there, PredominantlyOrange.com. And I think the question here as we continue on recapping the 2023 NFL Draft is looking at what the Broncos were able to do. And look, they, they went into it with five picks that came away with six players because they traded for a tight end in Adam Troutman. So he's part of the Broncos 2023 NFL Draft class. We're going to consider him there. So we're going to focus on him and what he brings to the table here for the Broncos offense this upcoming season. I'm excited to break this down because I know that was a position going into the NFL Draft you and I were talking about is, huh, I wonder if Denver's going to make a move there because they only have three dudes at the position. Interestingly enough, Cody, at 26 years old, I don't think Adam Troutman is... uh far removed from being the same age as some of the guys in this 2023 NFL draft. Uh, you know, a lot of these players that are coming out of the college ranks spent upwards of six years there. So he's not too far off of being the age of some of these rookies. I think there's going to be some 25 year old rookies in the league this year. So kind of fascinating to see, but, and this is also the second time that Sean Payton has traded to get Adam Troutman. Remember the 2020 NFL draft, he was a bit of a smaller school sleeper kind of prospect. The Saints traded up to get him in round three. Obviously, he spent a couple of years there with Sean Payton, and now he's traded for him to get him again in a contract year, which is interesting among all the different aspects of this move. So uh, the one of the other things, Cody, that I found to be relatively surprising is we haven't got any press conferences with these guys, but obviously Troutman has you know spoken to some media the fact that he was requesting a trade out of New Orleans that didn't really get reported or anything, that's kind of a fascinating aspect of this whole thing, isn't it? Because he is in a contract year this year, and because he didn't land with the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton, I think all of this kind of adds up to, are we talking about tight end one? You know, we went into the draft wondering, are the Broncos going to move up to get tight end one, whether it was Luke Musgrave, Darnell Washington, or whoever it may be. Are they going to move to get that guy? I don't know. Maybe they still did, even though it was on day three, even though Adam Troutman, maybe not like an all pro at the position at this point, maybe they did still find a way to get tight end one in this draft. It's going to be very interesting to to see maybe who is that designation, right? Because Dulcich, and I think when you look at, and this is what Sean Payton said after the NFL draft, he said, you look at the tight end room and each of these guys, they offer something different, right? You know, you look at, at Dulcich, you know, he's a receiving guy who George Payton has said has improved as a blocker. You look at Albert Okuebunam, who has been a receiving threat, and we know the blocking side really hasn't been the best part of his game. 
You got Chris Manhurts, who is a legitimate blocker and maybe an under-the-radar receiver with only 24 career catches in just seven seasons in the National Football League. So it's like you look at Troutman, a young guy who has had a lot of experience. Two out of his three years in New Orleans were with Sean Payton, and they get him for a six-round value here. So, I mean, it's not bad for the Broncos considering where they were at in the NFL draft, considering they needed to address maybe tight end depth there. And look, I think the thing that's interesting to me is that Troutman, to come to Denver, kind of took a little bit more of a reduced salary. So really, he's gambling on himself. But I think it's the trust factor in which his prior experience in Sean Payton's offense, it's interesting to see, right? Because Marquez Callaway came over, and you look at the numbers between Callaway, you look at Troutman, like, it's crazy how much their numbers dipped in New Orleans this past season under Dennis Allen than it did with Sean Payton and Lawrence. It was an entirely different scenario, an entirely different offense that had their own quarterback issues going on as well. So for me, I look at what Troutman's able to do, and I and I think you look at his volume from his first year, second year, and even this past year as well, I'll even reference it. He's a guy that I think can move the chains for you on third down, can be a guy who is utilized in impact situations. Maybe it's a block and release because in New Orleans in 2022, he had 18 catches on the season for 207 yards, right? So he wasn't used a lot. There wasn't as much volume in terms of that. He was used a lot as a blocker there. Quarterbacks had a 121 passer rating when looking Troutman's way last season for the New Orleans Saints. And of the 18 catches that he had, nine of them were for a first down. So 50% of moving the chains there for the New Orleans Saints offense, which struggled mightily last season. I mean, we could even bring on our good friend Ross Jackson to talk about that. But Adam Troutman is going to bring something to the table for the Broncos. And it's a little bit of the blocking. It's a little bit of the receiving. And I'm excited to maybe see how it formulates as well for the Broncos. And I think for Broncos country as well, I saw something. Somebody mentioned something to me on Twitter. I don't know if it was a, I don't know if it was a Saints fan. I don't know if it was a Broncos fan. They're like, oh, all he does is drop passes. He's only got five career drops in three seasons. And he had four, I think, in 2021. And he only had one this past season. So for me, not necessarily worried about drops when you consider volume, when you consider, you know, was the ball thrown in front? Was it thrown behind? Was it thrown, you know, too high above him? Was it thrown too low in the dirt? These things factor in. So not really worried about that. I know that was something that got brought up and I was like, I don't see it, but I'm curious for your thoughts here. Yeah, we'll kind of see what happens with that. We'll monitor it. Obviously, it's just another nugget of information. Of course, we talk about you know, when a guy gets traded or cut by a certain team and the Broncos pick him up, what do we like to do? Would we like to see what the fans of that team say about him? How upset are they to lose that guy? So interesting, nonetheless, just to know that. I think another thing that might be interesting to people is to know what is Adam Troutman as an athlete physically? We 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 talked about, uh, actually, Cody, you asked this question in the pre-draft press conference, like, what are you looking for in tight ends coming out? Among the things that I, I think Sean Payton discussed is the fact that they you got to have the right size, right? And so the, the prototype for the size that we saw, like Luke Musgrave coming in, 6'5", roughly 250. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker out of Michigan, he came in 6'5", 250. Adam Troutman, 6'5", 255. He's a big dude. He has good explosiveness. His RAS score of 8.75 does land in the green. So green is good. You want to land in that green area. He's 875. But what's fascinating to me is that he didn't get into the green based on his size, his explosiveness, or his speed. What pushed him into the green, Cody? Agility drills, the short shuttle, the three cone, a 6.78 in the three cone. 
usually if you're hovering anywhere around the 6.8 mark or the 6.9, that's pretty darn good. And if you're like 6.6 or 6.7, I mean, this is a, an elite among elite numbers. A 6.78 puts him in roughly like the 98th percentile at the tight end position. So very good short area explosiveness and agility. Interesting to combine that with the size and the, you know, the solid speed and explosiveness. I think Adam Troutman as a as a player was just starting to grow into his role in Sean Payton's offense back in 2021. And obviously, Sean Payton, he he retires. He steps away. Adam Troutman's role goes away. Marquez Callaway, his role goes away. All these guys that got brought into Denver kind of got cast to the side after Sean Payton left. So going to be fun to see how involved he is right away. What will the tight end position look like, though, Broncos country? What might the established roles be for these guys going into training camp ahead of the NFL preseason? That's something that we're going to discuss on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, and it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. It's important to hit the pause button, sometimes reset and gather out, hey, this is what I need to improve on in my day-to-day life, and BetterHelp therapy can get you there. I've utilized BetterHelp in the past for things that I needed to manage. For example, work-life balance, being too career-oriented. How do I find balance in life? How do I find balance in work? That's something that I worked on with my therapist when I utilized BetterHelp, and I got tremendous benefit from it as well. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. As we look at this Denver Broncos tight end group right now, it does seem like there's a pretty good variety at the position with the four primary four guys, right? The Broncos did go get a couple of undrafted free agents at the tight end position. We'll find out more about those guys as the offseason progresses. But Cody, when you look at the top four at this position, can't help but wondering, are there only three spots available, right? there? We, we talk about depth at a position, but are the Broncos even going to keep more than three? I think it's going to be fascinating to watch this roster construction going forward, but let's obviously start off with last year's tight end one in terms of at least the passing game, right? Greg Dulcich, the, the receiving tight end out of UCLA, the guy who's a big play threat anytime he touches the ball, proved that right away when he got in the game against the Los Angeles Chargers after starting the year injured. I like Greg Dulcich, Cody. I really do. I want to get back to that Greg Dulcich hype train. Remember last year around this time, we were all, uh, it was all Greg Dulcich, Greg Dulcich, Greg, like he's going to make the biggest impact from the rookie class. I'd say that, you know, a lot of, in a lot of ways ended up being true. Although Damari Mathis makes a, a good argument against Greg Dulcich. Where do you stand on him after the acquisitions the team made in the 2023 offseason? Yeah, you know, I think maybe it kind of expands his role a little bit. And, and look, George Payton told us, you know, when I asked the question in the pre-draft press conference, they they said that he, you know, is a great receiving threat and he improved as a blocker, right? So there's strides there. And I think that's going to be the thing for Declan Doyle, the new tight end coach for the Broncos, coming over from the New Orleans Saints, knowing what Sean Payton wants. But I also think Sean Payton is smart enough as well, because we've heard him talk about Russell Wilson. We've heard him talk about just his vision for the offense and it's, 
He, he always makes the mixtape analogy, right? Or playing the hits of the what these guys do well and then putting them in and then saying, okay, hey, can we maybe, you know, add something to it? Can we maybe add another track to the mix there? That's the analogy Sean Payton has consistently used. And so when I look at Dulcich, it's like, man, this guy with his size and the way that he moves, because you've heard me talk about this as well, like watching him at practice, I'm like, hey, this guy is a real legitimate athlete. You can just tell and for him as, as big as he is, as tall and how massive his his quads and his calves are. This is a guy who does move and he looks like a generic created player in Madden at times. But the biggest concern about Dulcich really isn't his play. It isn't his production. It's the injuries. Now, the hamstring injury he suffered in OTAs pretty much about a year ago today at this point, that impacted him. He tried to come back in training camp, had one day where he caught a touchdown pass from Russell Wilson, re-aggravated it. That held him out until about week six. You mentioned that Los Angeles Chargers game on Monday Night Football. That's when we first saw Dulcich. He came in right away, bang, touchdown, impact plays. And then toward the end of the season, hamstring flared up once again. So the soft tissue hamstring injuries definitely are a concern here at this point. It's a valid reason to be concerned. But I'm also eager to see what the Broncos do with Bo Lowry, who's now come in to, to analyze the whole injury side of things. Obviously, a new strength and conditioning coach. We'll see how things kind of pan out in that standpoint there for Dulcich. But Sean Payton mentioned it. These guys are going to compete, Sarah. They're going to compete for the job. Nobody right now is listed as tight end one. There will be an open competition, which now leads me to the next guy I want to ask you about. And that's Albert Okuwebunan, who's entering the final year of his contract with the Denver Broncos. And as you and I both know this, and everybody in Broncos country knows this, this is a guy who has potential. When he gets onto the field, he can make explosive plays. We've seen it in terms of yards after the catch. We've seen it with some downfield threats there. And unfortunately, I felt like 2022 was just a year where Albert O just got robbed of the opportunity to really showcase what he could do. That's not necessarily his fault. I think that's the coaching staff that was in place previously with all the expectations and with everything surrounding Nathaniel Hackett. I felt like Albert O was a guy who really just lost a year of his career and it wasn't necessarily his fault. Yeah, and to use the analogy of playing a player's greatest hits, I think the coaching staff the Broncos had in place last season or, you know, to, to stay with that analogy, Cody, they kind of just played the same song every time Albert was on the field, right? Remember, there was that report early in the season or almost it was almost even midway through the season. If I, my memory serves me right here, run, but run, where pass. Albert, oh, every run, time run, he was pass. on the field. Yeah, it was run, run, pass formula. And every time Albert was on the field, the Broncos threw the ball. They, they didn't run when he was on the field. It was like an obvious, you know, tell of what the offense was going to do. At one point, and I just think, man, it's it's so tough for a guy to develop when the coaching staff isn't invested in their development, right? You you inherited this roster, right? Nathaniel Hack, speaking to Nathaniel Hackett's coaching staff, you inherited this roster, you inherited this player who's a freak athlete, a freak talent, and I agree with you completely. I think they wasted a year of his NFL career, and then Jerry Rosberg takes over late in the season. All of a sudden, he's like, I see this guy out at practice. I'm trying to figure out why he's not playing. Then Albert O goes out and has a touchdown against the Chiefs, right? So it's just it's one of those things where, like, I'm not saying that Albert O is, you know, prime Jimmy Graham, of course. I think that'd be a little ridiculous. But at the same time, it's like, give the guy some actual opportunities. Give him some actual chances when we've seen him get opportunities in the passing game, Cody, I mean, he has dropped a few, of course, but at the same time, he's also made some really big plays and he's done some crazy things athletically. So 
I just, I would have loved to have seen more. I just can't help but wonder, like, has that time to be excited about Albert Okwebunam expired? Remember, for like five or six years, we were all waiting for Virgil Green's breakout season. Like, every year it was like, yeah. who's going to break out for the Broncos? It's like, Virgil Green at the age of 30 is going to finally break out this year. It's like, guys, like, we got to, you know, stop trying to make fetch happen here with Virgil Green. The same could be almost true of Albert O, although he's still a young player, Cody. He still deserves a chance to go out there and prove himself. I just can't help but wonder, is that actually going to be in Denver? Yeah, that's a great question. And look, I, I'm going to approach it from this offseason standpoint of saying, look, the arrival of Sean Payton means everybody gets a new opportunity. So I, Broncos country, I would not write off Albert O just yet. I, I'm excited to see what he's able to do here once we get to minicamp, once we get to training camp. Rooting for Albert, great dude. And look, I, there were some things that I can't really say as to like what happened behind the scenes that really impacted Albert. Like, you know, for example, Albert did everything that he's supposed to do. And there was no, I would say, like legitimate communication from the coaching staff to him as to why he wasn't playing. Like to me, that's the frustrating part about last year and how everything went, because that was the dynamic with several players, not just Albert O, but with several players on the roster with how things went in 2022. Luckily, that slate is gone. That coaching staff, they are gone. And so it's a new regime, a new opportunity for all these guys here. And now let's bring in Chris Manhurts, who was brought in on a one-year deal in NFL free agency. He's a true blocking tight end, has some previous familiarity with Sean Payton, but that wasn't the reason why they signed him. He's a very, very sizable blocker, can help you as an extra offensive lineman, and look, can maybe be underrated in the passing game here for the Broncos. You bring him in, and now you bring in Troutman, who... Realistically, when you look at it, Sarah, he is a true hybrid. He's a guy who can block with his six foot five size, as you mentioned and alluded to a little bit earlier. And he's also a guy who can catch and have some explosiveness to him in the short to intermediate game. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be a beater up the middle seam, but he's a guy that can maybe make a move against the linebacker, catch a ball, get space, and then bang, first down. That is what the Broncos need, just a little bit of everything. And it's not just about fitting a, you know, a square peg into a round hole. It's about this guy can do this. Here's where he can help us. This guy maybe can't do that, but this is how we can use him. And you can be creative with, you know, Troutman, with Alberto, with Dulcich, without putting them all into the same exact role. To me, I think that's where I'm excited about with training camp coming up. How does Sean Payton, how does Declan Doyle, how do they manage that? And I think that this is a guy that you can count on if you need to have an extra pass protector in. I watched quite a bit of 2021 New Orleans Saints, Cody, over the weekend just to kind of get a feel for the the last offense that Sean Payton was calling, right? There was a lot of situations where when Alvin Kamara got healthy in the second half of the season, uh, and that's an underrated aspect of that team, that if we get a chance during the downtime of this offseason, it's going to be fascinating to discuss the coaching job that Sean Payton did that year and just the fact that people say he quit on his team man i i couldn't disagree more they were five and seven ended the season nine and eight and they did it by running the football and establishing that ground game and of course chris manhurts wasn't there but i think this applies to his context where you're running the ball heavy you're adding these extra offensive linemen on the field you're bringing in the the three tight end sets and you're throwing out of those formations every so often why? Because you've established such a such a potent ground game that you can you can throw out of those three tight end sets or, you know, people are so up in arms over Mike McGlinchey and his pass protecting. Right. Coach, we've, we've heard that since he got signed. Well, Chris Manhurts is going to be able to come in if McGlinchey is struggling at times with a, a Max Crosby or a Joey Bosa or whoever it may be. 
you're going to be able to put Chris Manhurts on that side of the field and help chip these guys and not just chip them, but like he can actually block them in pass protection. We talk about blocking tight ends oftentimes in terms of their run blocking ability, but Chris Manhurts can pass protect. Like he can come in there and he can, if the Broncos have, you know, three tight ends out there and one wide receiver or whatever the case may be, you come out there and Russell, Russell Wilson is going to be able to have time in the pocket to chuck a ball deep downfield to somebody with these tight ends that they've assembled here, Troutman, Manhurts, and even Dulcich improving as a blocker. They're going to be able to utilize the passing game from these clear, obvious run formations, which I think is part of the whole, you know, the big brain thinking from Sean Payton, of course, isn't it? He wants to be able to throw the ball out of three tight end. He wants to be able to let teams know we can run the ball at will, but we can also throw from these formations. And that's what guys like Chris Manhurts are going to be able to help this team do. Well, on Broncos country, we're going to give our predictions and our thoughts on maybe how the position plays out this upcoming season for the Broncos. Will they carry three? Will they carry four? Will they add more? Oh, you're going to get that on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, I want to tell you about a partnership that we're excited to announce here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. The Lockdown Podcast Network has partnered with Sirius XM, which means that your game day experience changes. Now, if you have the Sirius XM app, now you can now listen to every episode of the Lockdown Broncos podcast right on your Sirius XM app. And then in season, we'll have more details for you about some things that'll help promote Lockdown Broncos even more and what Sirius XM plans to do, not to mention some of the things we have in store as well. Make sure you check it out. The Lockdown Broncos podcast now available on Sirius XM. How does the tight end position play out for the Denver Broncos this upcoming season? That's something that Sarah and I are going to share our thoughts and our predictions on on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, we just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. And for all you everyday listeners or watchers out there, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for helping make the show exactly what it is, the number one home for where Broncos fans can get the best objective level-headed coverage of all things orange and blue. You get that here, Lockdown Broncos. Sarah, let's go in and let's share our thoughts and our predictions here on maybe how the tight end position plays out. I'm going to kind of open up a little bit with mine here. And it's simple. It's kind of cliche, right? But it's like when you look at the Broncos tight end position, what were we complaining about prior to the NFL draft? Well, they only have three guys in that position room. So for me, I think my complaint is going to kind of look a little bit contradictory in a sense, but it's like in the regular season, I maybe project that they're going to probably keep three tight ends, have one guy on the practice squad. Not sure who that would be, if that's anybody that's on this roster currently, but the reason I think that they're going to carry three is because the one guy that we have not talked about as much, right? We, we talked about in free agency, but the guy who's not being talked about by anybody is Michael Burton, the fullback. So they brought in a fullback who's also going to help and have some of these responsibilities that the tight ends are going to have as well. So for me, that kind of factors into my equation. How do you see tight end playing out? Do you see them carrying four? Do you see them carrying more? I mean, where are you at with this? Well, I think the Michael Burton point is a good one, Cody, because obviously last year the Broncos kept Andrew Beck on the roster, didn't they? And he was considered kind of a fullback tight end hybrid. And I wouldn't say Michael Burton necessarily qualifies as that, but I think at the same time, it kind of fits into the same mold of, what you're looking at in terms of a roster space. And Andrew Beck was not just a fullback slash tight end. He was one of the team's better special teams guys, which Michael Burton is also going to be expected to be this season as well for the Denver Broncos, a big time special teams contributor, as well as the times when he gets out there as a fullback, a lead blocking fullback, you expect him to go 
crack some uh, crack some face masks, right? That's what those guys do best. So that's what he's going to be tasked with doing. I do think that impacts how many tight ends you keep because unless Alberto has an awesome offseason, which again, you and I both hope that he does. I hope that he forces his way onto this roster. I would love to see that happen. As much as we would love to see that happen, I think right now when you look at this roster, Cody, it, it, it would take a spot away from somewhere else, right? Unless you're keeping, you know, eight offensive linemen or if you're keeping only five wide receivers or two quarterbacks. It's it's not quite a complete picture as far as we need the competition to really shake out to be able to say, well, yes, the Broncos could keep four tight ends and a fullback and really excel on game days having those guys on the roster which I mean, Cody, the NFL needs to fix its its roster and its game day roster rules and all those different things. I just don't understand why it's so limited, but I digress. I would love to see this group be able to stick together. The four tight ends the Broncos have plus Michael Burton at fullback, but I kind of just see it shaking out as Adam Troutman. I, I view him as tight end one. I know we we talked about Dulcich. We talked about, you know, man hurts and the different guys the Broncos have. I just feel like Troutman is going to be the the one who leads this group in snaps in 2023. I think he's got that most complete skill set. He's playing on the second contract. He's betting on himself by taking a pay cut to go be in Denver. I think that this coaching staff, they know him very well. Not only uh, tight ends coach Declan Doyle, not only head coach uh, Sean Payton, obviously, but uh, the assistant offensive line coach Austin King knows him from dating back to his time at Dayton. It's a very favorable situation, let's call it, for Adam Troutman. And so I think that he's coming to Denver. The expectation is going to be there for him to be that dual threat guy. I think he's going to lead the team in snaps and receptions at this position. Uh, the Broncos went fishing the NFL draft and they caught some trout, man. We'll see how uh, we'll see how things shake out here at the tight end position. And Broncos country, we want to know from you, what do you think about the tight end position? What type of role do you think... Chris Manhurts, Alberto, Greg Dulcich, and Adam Troutman may have for the Broncos this upcoming season. How many players will they carry at that position on the roster? If you're watching on YouTube, comment your thoughts down below. Interact with other members in Broncos country. Or if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting platform, you can tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked On Broncos. But for all you everydayers out there, here's what you can expect on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Broncos. We're going to take a look at seventh round rookie center out of the University of Oregon, Alex Forsyth. A lot of people are writing him off. We're going to tell you why you shouldn't write him off and why he is very much in line to compete for the starting center job in his rookie season. You'll get that and much more on tomorrow's brand new.